Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Corporate Cowboys Podcast. It's season, well, what season is it? Season 9? Episode 2? And we're just getting hotter and hotter. We're getting deeper and deeper until we retire. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the format of this podcast, it's tailored, it's meant for you to uh, to take away bits and pieces, gold nuggets, if you will, for professional development. So I'll start right off the bat, and I think this is going to be uh, a common or, I guess, um, what's the term I'm looking for? The format? Not the format. Uh, the template? Yes. Template. For episodes to come. It's to have the legal disclaimer up front. Because real talk. We're about to get down and dirty. Into the nitty gritty. And speak on some uh, topics. And some themes. That might be questionable. If I don't put them in context. With the legal disclaimer. Being that none. Nothing that we say. None of what we distribute across our platforms. From the corporate cowboys or any of our affiliates, incorporating associates and what have you, none of it should be construed as legal advice. And we do not promote any wrongdoing or advocate for any wrongful activity. Okay? So, be advised. A lot of the information that we put across is general to some degree. Now, a lot of the, the questions that we pull from online have enough information and we do appreciate the information that some of the hypothetical clients give us in order to be more specific with our opinion but even then it's not personalized because we don't have the live hypothetical clients in front of us to go back and forth with interview and uh be able to follow up with questions in order to get to the root of whatever might be afflicting them. Aff afflicting them? Yeah. Professionally. So, with that being said, with that being said, if the shoe fits, lace it. But, caveat, it might be a little loose, it might be a little tight. It doesn't take much more development and fleshing out for you to fit it to your particular situation, to your circumstances. I know this is a little drawn out disclaimer, but next time I, I promise, maybe I won't, but I won't go much further than just a legal disclaimer, but I'm letting you know why, why the disclaimer is important. Unless you have engaged us in some capacity or have retained us as as your consultant or your counsel, I mean, we're not bound to anything that you do or any ideas that you get because you heard them on a podcast. With that being said, today's question is coming from r slash career advice. And if, if you must know, this podcast also serves as a form of cathartic therapy of sorts, right? I mean, that's just a non sequitur, but that's 
the main reason, one of the main reasons, I volunteered to spearhead this podcast. So that I could be the voice and represent my circle of professionals and the ideas that we contemplate and deliberate on. So just know that what I say doesn't come immediately or directly from my own mind, but from a group, a network of professionals and our own respective and diverse experiences and understandings. So today's question is asking necessarily, how, how have you handled cold shoulders when resigning from a job? Does it get any easier? (laughs) Does it get, I mean, it doesn't really get any easier. You just become harder. You just become more professional. I think if there was a lot of emotional development that came from a, a work environment or an employment experience, there's a lot of emotional development that went into whatever other working relationships you cultivated while you were with an organization, while you were with the company. I think it stands to reason that that the the cold shoulder you receive when you exit or resign especially with it's on bad terms folks just cut you out of their professional and personal lives they might they might cut you out of their personal lives especially if i don't know you happen to burn a bridge whether or not it was your fault or you work for an organization where you have a, uh, a specific and, and particular clearance or access to classified or confidential information. And so when you resign or when you get let go, when you, when you get let go, when you are let go, when you are terminated, folks will cut you out of the organization, any contacts that they have with you, professional or otherwise, including personal. They might, they might not want to talk to Alex. Did I mention my name is Alex? That's right. Alex, your host. They might not want to talk to Alex. Even if you and Alex go back five, ten years 15, whatever amount of time that you go back and and reputation you think you have with colleagues, that could evaporate and vanish from one moment to the next. And I do mean one moment to the next because it's a common theme here on the podcast that every position is entry level. Everyone is entry level forever. Life itself is a proving ground. Life itself is a proving ground. That, uh, that common phrase where it takes a long time, a lifetime even, to cultivate trust with somebody and an instant to violate someone's trust and to be untrustworthy forevermore. So that being said, 
Well, before I get too far ahead, before I get too far ahead, let's read a little bit into the body of this, of this question here, whether or not it gets easier. It gets easier, no doubt. I think the hard part is when, uh, when you are cut out of the organization or when you cut the organization out of your own life, um, even if it is on amicable terms or neutral terms, um, you lose, you may lose some components, some nodes to your professional network. There's just going to be people that you can't uh, access and speak to anymore on a regular basis, or it just becomes overly burdensome and inconvenient, inconvenient, inconvenient to reach out to them and try and network outside of the organization, depending on what their circumstances and situations and commitments are to the organization and uh, to life outside of it. You may have to strike out on your own and cultivate additional networks to compensate, to replace those bits and pieces of, of the network you once had when you were with the organization. That's all higher level thinking and, and strategizing. And if you find yourself in a position like that, by all means, you need help, you need additional perspective, reach out to us. It's, it's what we do. It's what we do. If you have associates who are, who are facing uh, a, a crisis of professionalism, have them reach out to us. That's what we're trained in. You can find us on Instagram. That's at Corporate Cowboys with a Z. The podcast is also on Patreon. That's the Corporate Cowboys podcast. There's multiple tiers to sign up. Yes, this is a plug. <laughs> if you want to donate $1 or 599 to keep us from getting audited, there's a couple of uh, couple of donation links. It could be more. I mean, I'm just making a joke. <laughs> There's a couple of donation links available out there. You're a smart cookie. You can find them. Or you can write to us and uh, send us things. That's P.O. Box 3372 Rancho Cordova, California 95741. So the question they write here, <clears throat> I turned in my two-week resignation. And while I knew it would be a surprise, I was more surprised how quickly people became cold to me. And in parentheses, even people on my own team. <laughs> and they close parentheses there. Why is that surprising? Why is that surprising? I mean, it's, it's not that they're becoming cold. It's that they're adjusting. They're already adjusting to your absence. Who they're going to go to for um for that maybe it's not support that you give them but for that role that you were filling while you were there and now that you that, now that they know you won't be there they're not relying on you like they used to they're not depending on you like they once were i guess for some that might be their love language <laughs> Business is war, right? All is fair and love and war, right? That might be their love language is to feel needed, is to provide support, is to have uh, interpersonal communication 
on a regular basis. And if, if it should be reduced to a noticeable degree, oh, they, they, they get in their feelings. They feel uh, less loved. Well, I hate to break it to you, but when you move professionally, it's not just personal. Your livelihood is tied to it. Your livelihood is tied to it. That's why, I mean, you, when, you, when you think about it and you, and you dig down and you really study interpersonal relationships, there is there's some rationale. There's some sound rationale to why you shouldn't do business with close friends or family for that matter. And that's because these personal ties where you might feel a sense of unconditional love might be pitted against professional interests. And when those become entangled, well, then you run the risk of offending someone professionally while believing, believing that your personal relationship can withstand this professional offense. There's a, there's a word I'm looking for. This professional slight or uh, is it a slight? I think it is a slight. And we may not recognize it. We might think, oh, Alex and I are good. We go way back. We know each other from the womb. We, we're family. We're blood. Not so. The blood of the covenant more than often is stronger than the water of the womb. That's where, the, that's where that term comes from, that phrase. Blood thicker than water. Blood of the covenant runs thicker than the water of the womb. I've seen family fall out from one another. I've seen friends grow up together and fall out with one another. I've experienced that I've lived it personally and with those around me. And in corporate, it's no different. It's no different. If you spend any term of years or period of time with other colleagues, you grow closer. You can grow closer. The risk is you somehow catching feelings and associating your emotions or the success of your emotions, the outlook of your emotions on your professional status with them, right? So you're leaving the organization and you expect what? That they're gonna be there for at, at your every beck and call? Beckoning, beckoning call, yeah. Or that they'll need you like they did professionally? Nah, nah. If you, even if you were a good employee and that's all you did with them, I mean, sure, there are ways to network professionally and, and introduce more personal aspects to work outside of the firm. But even then, it, it doesn't go much further than more work and professional development cultivating a shared sense of consummate professionalism that's treating each other with mutual respect and looking out for one another's mutual interests 
together, right? That's about as close as becoming friends as I like to think. But my name is Alex. Um, hi, my name is Alex. I'm a fucking paranoid professional. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. But I'm a corporate cowboy at heart. And what I do, I do moving in and out of corporate. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to know that it, it could be your best friend to put you away for a number of years. If you do the right dirt and they drop the right dime, they could get off scot-free and you're the one facing time. So as far as... Uh, professionalism goes you want to always have contingencies but don't have those contingencies be tied directly to any emotional outcome you have to be able to think with a clear mind calm cool collected cold and calculating so they're right here continuing i'm sorry i i'm, I'm just i'm Eating. I'm eating this time. I, I guess I had a, uh, a powerful Tuesday. Speaking of which, you know, a little proof of life. It's Tuesday, April 25, 2023. And then it's like I, I'm doing this out of order somewhat. I got to gotta give the proof of life up front so folks know what uh, I'm getting into and how I'm doing. <laughs> All right. So they're right. It's so silly. It's so silly to say, but the reactions left me defeated, empty, awkward, and ashamed all day at work. And then in parentheses, especially after giving so much of my time to this company the last few years. Dude, dude, you're the only one leaving. You're the only one leaving. And a dollar says there might be one more. One or more. One or more individual at your firm who also feels uh, betrayed, <laughs> right? Who, who, who's experiencing the inverse of what you're experiencing, where you feel guilt because, I don't know, maybe you feel like you betrayed the firm. There's got your, your corresponding uh, work spouse, quote unquote. I'm just being facetious. I'm bullshitting. But your quote unquote work spouse, your quote unquote work soulmate there at that place is probably feeling betrayed right which to me is unreasonable it's irrational because like i said you you've you've uh muddied up your professional relationship with emotions so it, it, and it might be that maybe you weren't even a good employee <laughs> maybe you think they liked you having there because you brought in donuts every week and you might have just been a shit employee right again these are these are inferences or hypotheses that we would test by interviewing the hypothetical client when we move to uh, intake in order to gather information and follow up with questions. These are all questions that we ask, right? It's not just like, oh, well, what do you do for work? No, we, we dig deep. We dig deep and need to know what the social dynamics are of this corporate culture. I mean, just because you buy 
the office pizza and donuts doesn't mean that you're a good employee or that or that you stand to be missed if you leave. <laughs> That's unreasonable. Unreasonable. Last paragraph here, they write, have others how how have others handled such a difficult experience? I know it's just a job and I should let it go and move on, but situations like this really put me down and out. Yeah, no, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you're going to be hobbling along for a little bit until you find another workplace, until you cultivate other work relations, other work spouses, and you learn and you learn not to taint your professional relationships with emotions. Don't inform them solely on how you feel, right? And you will meet individuals, professionals, colleagues that you may, may not even vibe with professionally. Maybe they hold different personal ideals or, or political ideals than you do, but professionally, you can count on them. You can depend on them to execute on a deliverable that you need in your area of work. Right? Notice how I didn't tie any feeling. However, I might feel personally or politically about ideas, but if I know I can count on them to carry out some work, and and not muddy up the relation with with their personal views or political views then we're golden we're like i mentioned before we're like as i mentioned before looking out for our mutual professional interests so that we can both benefit from them regardless of how we feel about the relationship or the interaction between us two. Sure, it sounds very sterile. It sounds clinical, almost surgical. When I mean sterile, it's like it sounds like a very sanitized, very inhuman, very robotic. But no, it's just a professional relationship. But does it mean you can't have courtesy for one another? Does it mean you can't invite them out to lunch or go out to lunch together and explore? ideas professionally again um, maybe alex just thinks about work all the fucking time right maybe he's <laughs> he skewed his interactions to think solely about work and how to get ahead in life not about how he feels about social issues social issues that he may or may not be able to change but so long as he's able to get some work done that's contributing to change it's contributing. I might not be able to spearhead it. And then if I am spearheading it, I'm approaching it the same fucking way. I'm bringing people into my corner who I know will be able to contribute just like I would. <laughs> Let's take a look at one or two of these comments here and I'll critique them for you. The first comment here says, I take it as confirmation that the, that the decision to leave was the correct choice. I don't know. It, it, sounds, it sounds too soft. It sounds too soft. It sounds 
irrational, unreasonable. So you notice how I'm not gendering any of this, right? Maybe by saying that I, I did gender it, right? But no, I'm not. It, it sounds like a, I guess I could say bitch move, right? It sounds like it's a bitch made personal policy, an internal policy to, <laughs> to think that your employees, your subordinates or your colleagues are your friends, right? It, it sounds bitch made. What, just because you sharpened a pencil for them, you, they owe you their life? They owe you love? They owe you uh, sentiment. They should reciprocate by, I don't know, something, some some form of affection. <laughs> Makes no fucking sense. They don't owe you shit. Just because you were consistently brought down donuts and coffee, or 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 were a work spouse to somebody, right? And and you may or may not be one knowingly or otherwise right you just look out for your team and maybe you see somebody needs the support let me paint you a picture you're working with your team you notice somebody needs support they're uh uh may not be the most organized right and for in terms of uh filing and 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 uh labeling and punctuality right so you do some of that for them you pick up their slack and uh and uh, folks think, I don't know, uh, folks create rumors out of fucking nothing, right? And folks think that there's some type of romantic or, or personal relationship, some personal uh, dynamic, some personal, what's the term I'm looking for? Personal element to your professional relationship where the only reason you have them on your team and you haven't either reported them or terminated them or let them go or reprimanded them, disciplined them, is because they're your go-to when you need someone to present something. They're very capable at oral advocacy, at arguing, at, at talking up, presenting and pitching a sale and closing. They're the one that you go to when you need someone to say something. Right? Now, if any one of you should leave the team, what do you owe the other? Nothing. Nothing. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. What, just because you were picking up some of their slack with, with uh, filing and organization, they owe you their job? Nah. Nah, because it, it was symbiotic. You grew to rely on them as much as they depended on you. But... Motherfuckers like to twist things out of place and put emotion in places where it doesn't belong. Catch feelings. <laughs> Corporate is the worst place to be catching feelings. Somebody else comments, <clears throat> good bosses and colleagues would be happy for you. I think that goes without saying. If you cultivate a positive professional network, if you, uh, I, had a, I had a manager once tell me this before we even had a, a falling out because they let, they let the power of corporate go to their head. But I had, a, I had a corporate manager tell me this once that I'm happy. I'm happy to let you stand on my shoulders to get to the next level of your professional career. But don't 
for a minute think that I'll let you walk all over me. <laughs> they said it in more concise terms, right? So a lot less words and some vulgarity. They said, I'm not going to let, you know, dropping fuck and shit and all that. But necessarily, they, they said, your colleagues, your managers, if they are leaders and they, they have leadership potential, are going to want you to become a leader. And if, for some reason, it's your turn, your time in this life to shine and get ahead, they will be happy. They'll be happy to hoist you up, to vouch for you, to stick their neck out for you, to put in a good word and go to bat for you. But don't for a second think that they owe you that. It's not... It's not all that gray when you, when, you, when you really cut it down to size. It's not gray at all. There's no real emotion to it. Sure, there might be additional interest, outside interests, but as far as like a betrayal, I mean, we could talk betrayal, but just leaving your job and resigning and them moving on to working directly with your replacement, what, you expect them to invite you over for a barbecue? I mean, do you have a history of, of going to barbecues together, of going out together and actually socializing? Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying corporate cowboys are robots or drones. We're professionals. We network. We mix. We got the, some, some folks got an extraordinary gift of gab and get into places that I couldn't imagine. <laughs> are able to talk themselves into places that I could only fantasize about, right? Into positions of real power. And I'm working on it. I'm developing my own skill set, my toolbox of, of in, and with methodologies to use. I mean, you notice how I caught myself there, stutter-stepping, I'm a work in progress. We all are. Even, even kings at the top, a work in progress. Maybe except for God. But <laughs> I think that goes without saying. We're working within their rules. Playing, playing this game called life. And the highest score is really comes down to the person who gets knocked off at the top. <laughs> what a horrible play on words i mean it's funny but it's a horrible play on words you if you want more context i think it's uh season four episode 14 it's somewhere in season four it's it's titled the first half of self-sabotage <laughs> go, go listen to that for a good time but i'm gonna leave you here we're at 30 minutes Oh, I forgot to mention, again, it's all out of order. I forgot to mention that this is another 30-minute consult so that you don't think I owe you a full hour. Shit, you ain't paid me. If you know me, you owe me. <laughs> Have a good one.